Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is the new entry into the Harry Potter franchise, but does it recreate the magic, or is it a bit beastly? <laughs> I'm Mike. And I'm Jared. And this is Popscore. Hello everybody and welcome back to, uh, well it's not Harry Potter week anymore, but it's kind of Harry Potter week plus one. Uh, yes, as you may have uh, realised if you were here last week on fairlandstatement.com, you would have seen that we reviewed every single Harry Potter movie in the build-up to this movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is now the uh, ninth Harry Potter movie. Um, soon, well, We know already it's getting four sequels, which is a bit Avatar for my liking, but uh, but there we go. Yes, um I'm Darren. I'm. This is my last day of uh, hosting duties, as the Harry Potter week was my uh, baby. Plus, Michael's a little under the weather today. Yeah, I don't really have much of a voice, which for an audio format show isn't really helpful. Um, so I'm going to be doing my best Barry White impression, apparently. Mm, smooth chocolate. And, and really slowing things down so that it doesn't hurt my throat. And also leaning incredibly and uncomfortably close into the microphone. Uh, I just want to say, by the way, for anybody who did come and say hi and take photos with me and actually visited the website after I told you about it at uh, MCM Birmingham this weekend, 19th and 20th of November, you're all awesome. Thank you very much for having me. You were dressed as... Uh, Sans from Undertale, which is not a game you've played, but it's a game that I adore quite a lot. He had a score. You might have thought he was Jack Skeleton with some blue eyes, but he wasn't. He was... I only had that once. Oh, well done. Somebody thought I was. It, somebody thought I was doing Jack Skellington's day off, and I'm like, <laughs> at, at what point did Jack Skellington have a big glowing blue eye? I'm not, or wear pink slippers. I'm not sure what the fuck was going on there. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'd watch Jack Skellington's day off. I'd rather watch that than Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, let's not get into this let's, fucking let's debate. Not, go not whilst that. I've it's got a, no voice. I love ter- that movie. It's a terrible movie. Um, no. Um, yeah. Whilst Michael's suffering with con flu. Um, I will be dragging us through this dragging us that's a bit me uh, for this review of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them um, well overall thoughts Michael before we dive in because we, we haven't actually discussed it at all yet so that's I don't know true. what's about to happen yeah we don't know what's about to happen um, now I've had people calling this the best Harry Potter movie of the bunch mm-hmm. I've seen that too yeah I don't agree with them no I don't think it's terrible no and I don't think it's great I think it's I think it's very much a case of they have to get all of the awkward world building out of the way before we can really relish in this movie. Mm-hmm. But when this movie gets into its stride and sort of forgets the whole kind of like, oh, we call them no magic instead of muggles. We've got Makusu instead of the Ministry of Magic, etc., etc. It's genuinely quite brilliant. It's just unfortunate that it's bookended by a lot of awkwardness. It really is. Um, I, I concur. I'd say it's... In line with the good Harry Potter movies, I don't think this is a bad movie. Oh no, definitely not a bad movie. And I appreciate it as kind of a change of pace, because I, I think we said from the outset, um, probably when we were doing a 2016 preview, that this was a movie that I liked because the Harry Potter universe was ripe for more storytelling, but I was okay moving away from those characters. They'd built a very interesting world with a lot of nice, interesting rules that govern it, 
and it'd be nice to see that from different points of view. Nice to see different parts of the world as well, because of course it's only ever set in Scotland and Middle England. Yeah. So um, to go and see the American point of view on things, I was awful. I, I know a lot of people kind of kicked off saying, "Well, why have we got to go to America and all this stuff?" But no, I, I appreciated the, um, the 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 change of pace there, and I think for the most part it worked out. There there was a few problems they had. Uh, one fairly major, and then some near the end where a lot of question marks popped up in my head. Um, but no, for the most part, I liked it. I think Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Uh, now you you studied drama, so I'd like to point out. Yes, as we pointed out several times. So I'm obviously going to be giving the acting yes. take on this. Do you think he was doing an effective acting job, or is Eddie Redmayne just naturally a bit awkward, and that kind of came out in Newt Scamander? I kind of feel like it might have been a little bit more amplified, uh, specifically for the American uh, audiences and the fact that this movie has uh, Redmayne as pretty much the sole Britain of the movie, yeah. as it were. I certainly think it's an amplified performance, which I suppose you could say is good acting, but it did seem, much like my voice right now, incredibly monotone. He... Um, basically, he was magical Hugh Grant. Yes, and, yes, he was st- stammering his way through his journey on Ellis Island, which was a bit yeah. weird. Charmingly bumbly. Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, that's the thing. I I think Newt Scamander is a it's a really interesting character that I'm not bored to spend time with. It's no. it's not like middle years Harry. Yeah, where it's like you are the least interested person. Now Newt's got a lot of backstory. I'm actually intrigued mm-hmm. to see. What the unfortunate part of that is that we, like I said, we have to get through the awkwardness of just, you're from Britain and you're the sole link to the franchise. So mm-hmm. we have to force every, every word, every like muggle, mudblood, hogwarts. We have to just force it through his dialogue. We can't just yeah. explore. Like, there's an entire expedition up to him writing the titular book of the movie mm-hmm. that we're only told about. Now, now there's a there's a thing in in acting and in story writing. He's touching his glasses, ladies and gentlemen. So you know this is going to be good. <laughs> um, it, the question is: Are you showing your character's most important moment? And if not, why aren't you? And that was the only thing I could think of because we keep hearing about Newt's fantastic voyage and all the beasts he's uh, caught and studied, but we don't. We only really get a morsel of that. It, it's not really explained or expanded mm-hmm. much more. And I understand that's for the sake of franchise building. But yeah. but as a standalone artistic project, it doesn't have the merit of, say, the, an open and shut secular story inside an expanded universe like, say, Goblet of Fire was. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. I'm, I'm going to put a pin in the in the um, the world building aspect because I think there's a bit of a problem there. I'm going to, I'm going to pin yeah. in the board. In the board. Um, I think Eddie Medway, I, I was. It's an interesting take on the character because obviously they had they had the book to go on, but you didn't really know much about Newt, and they could have done him as like some swashbuckling, you know, true adventurer. Whereas here he's like uh, how to put it, he's like Professor Oak almost. Kind of, I get where you're coming from. You know, like uh, he, he's he's explored. He wants to be scientific about it, but he's also got that kind of he wants to go on the adventure as well. So he's coming up from the scientific point of view and a genuine love for what he's doing. I think that's the thing that Eddie Redmayne got across very well. Yeah. 
it was very clear that Newt deeply cares for magical creatures. And yes. that's some, that's like, if there's one thing you're going to take home, that's what makes him stand out. He is mm-hmm. he is a conservationist of the wizarding world, really. Yes. And that's something we haven't seen yet, which is no. really cool. That's what I like most about it, was when, when he finally kind of reveals his hand of why he's going on this adventure, and, and you go into his suitcase and see all of his animals and see his kind of intentions. That's really interesting. But... I think Eddie Redmayne himself is a little bit marble-mouthed sometimes. It's, it's, it can be difficult to know exactly what he's saying, which when he's got a lot, he's got to say and do a lot of things, especially when he's describing the creatures. Yeah. I don't think I could tell you one of the names of the creatures out of this movie because he mentions them so quickly and a bit mumbly that it's like, um, no, we need enunciation. Not I remember, to sound like Hermione, yeah. but we need enunciation here. I remember one purely because it's the one that's been touted on the posters and in the trailers and there's actually like a pop figure of it. Which is the... The Nifflin. Yes, I thought it was the Niffler. Niffler, you are right. Um, yeah, him I remember. And I think the there's another one which we'll talk about later that I think I remember the name of. But yeah. some of the little gadgety ones he has hmm. when he turns into Inspector Gadget all of a sudden... He kind of mumbles those. And that's yeah, I get yeah. But I, I also had somebody come out um, and say that they thought he was trying to do an autistic thing. What? Like, like, it's like he was Newt Scamander was was borderline autistic. And I thought about it for a second. Then thought, well, I can kind of see where they're coming from. In that, you know, the socially awkward person. He's obviously very bright and intelligent, but a bit of that social anxiety, social awkwardness. He doesn't really want to talk to anybody. He just wants to be with animals. I can kind of see where that's coming from, but if that wasn't intentional, that might be a problem on any red mains part, that he went too far into the awkward that people think there's a problem with him as opposed to he's just British. So what we're saying is, is Eddie Redmayne is the actor you go and get when you want somebody who's not considered normal. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, because so, he's played Stephen Hawking so far, a man who suffers from ALS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the name, his name of the character in The Danish Girl, but first... Um, operated transsexual yes and now autistic wizard yeah. it's a bit of a weird resume mm-hmm. cv sorry even then, I'm there was, hit- then there was whatever the hell he was playing in uh jupiter ascending oh yeah that remember that mm. good god oh um, i know what that was that was terrible writing I, I hopefully they do come out i hope jk comes out and said she was intentional in that aspect because that could be a really positive thing. Well, she's kind of okay with bringing certain aspects of fans interpretation on board mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some that she very much doesn't like the sound of and some that she does. But, you know, if that turns out to be the case, I think it genuinely would be interesting and positive to have an autistic action hero. Yeah, a I positive think, role model. Hell yeah, yeah definitely. Fantastic. I'm I'm on board with Newt, definitely. Like, yes. there's a point in this movie where, like I said, it reaches a fantastic bit and it's because... Okay, admittedly, when you see Oscar-nominated Oscar, <laughs> Oscar nominated actor Eddie Redmayne literally doing a chicken dance in the middle of a <laughs> dilapidated zoo, that's yeah. a bit weird. But it's when you go, like you said, when you first go into that suitcase that he kind of comes alive because he is like a kind of like a mother figure, I guess. He does say mother, mama's here a lot, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And that's kind of unique and kind of brilliant. Where's it going from? We'll 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 leave Eddie Redmayne alone for a moment. It's it's the other new characters. We can't. He was the only one we knew going in. Yeah. We would see. We know Dumbledore's coming for the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Grindelwald's going to be in the sequel, which is fine. But everyone else was kind of brand new. Whatever J.K. felt like writing. Um, for some reason, she felt the female lead, um, poor Pentina, Tina Goldstein. Tina. 
need to just be whatever oddball quirks you needed to write at any one time. Yeah, I really did not enjoy this performance at all. What an odd, odd, odd character she was. Like, the bad kind of odd. Yeah. Of just, like, like you couldn't really pin down what her thing was. Are you career-driven? Are you just a bit dopey? Are you a bit quirky? Are you this, that, and other? There was no real... There was a lot of characteristics, none of which were defined. She she felt like a, like a storytelling catalyst. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She was like, we need to get from point A to point B, so let's have Tina do something weird now. Yeah, I, I've never seen her in any of the names. Uh, Catherine Waterson. Can't say I've seen her in anything Inherent else. Inherent Voice. Oh, that's a movie I should have seen. Um, yeah, nothing looking great. Oh, and she was also in um, Steve Jobs, so... Ah. There we go. Uh, but no, I've not really seen her anything. I can't say um, whether she'll be back for the sequel yet, we don't know. Can't say I'm particularly excited to think she will be. No. Um, she she wasn't she wasn't even a love interest, really, was she? I mean, they tried to force it in at points, but and, it's yeah. not to great effect. But I didn't know whether that was, you know, intentionally... There's a reason why Newt Scamander might have his eyes turned elsewhere. This is true. Which we'll get to after the spoiler warning. Um, and again, it might be his awkwardness that's preventing them from having a normal you know, relationship with one another. But again, I can't really say I'm excited to see her come Ah, uh, no, no, on just did enjoy it. The other side of things, we have her sister, um, Queenie Goldstein. Now, this I do want to see more of. I, she was the good kind of odd. Yes. Um, something we've never seen in Harry Potter, promiscuous. Yeah. Promiscuous. A promiscuous psychic. Yeah. Of sorts. Well, Legiment C, so you yeah. can read minds, you can't read the future. You know what I mean, but it was, um, it's played like a psychic. Yes, yes, yes. Um, she was cool. I really like Queenie, I thought she was a really great character. It was nice to have someone like, because we've had the the kind of ethereal um, Trelawney, but it was all a fraud. It's nice to have someone who's ethereal and kind of like, you know, that kind of awe around them, and it's actually like legitimate. Yeah. Like they can read minds, and they're all a bit, oh, wow, spacey. Cool. Yeah. She I did think- seem high. But <laughs> I know, but I think that really played into the sort of like a childlike wonder when yes. she actually meets a muggle yes. for the first time and she actually has a conversation with somebody who's not a magic user. Mm-hmm. It's the reverse Harry Potter situation and that's interesting. Put two people who are different together in the same story. That was probably my one of my top three favourite things about this movie was the fact that we got to see inherently from the wizard world with the muggle coming in not even like a muggle-born witch or wizard, just a straight-up muggle coming into the world, and seeing their reactions to things was, was probably my highlight, as opposed to all Harry Potter movies being kind of the other way around. We were seeing it from the muggle's point of view going in, but after the second book, Harry's completely indoctrinated into the wizard world. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like he's going around going, what's this now? Oh, wow, this is mate. Um, so we now have to speak about what I hope we're in agreement is the MVP of this movie. Yes. Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski. Who was brilliant, like start to finish. Not a single note missed. One of, if not my favourite new character this year. Easily. He's great. He's come a long way from Balls of Fury and fanboys. He was in Balls of Fury? He was the lead character in Balls of Fury. He was the the table tennis. Oh my God. You've not seen Balls of Fury. It's essentially to table tennis what Blades of Glory was to ice skating. Which is dreadful. Uh, No, Blades of Glory is fantastic. But that's another argument for another day. Um, And yeah, and look at Forrest. After delivering the best line of fanboys, it is he that speaks, what if it sucks at the end of fanboys? (laughs) He was the funniest thing in this entire... I didn't come into this movie expecting comedy. 
I know he's a comedic actor, so yeah, I was I tipped so. off a little bit. There's going to be, like, but I thought it'd be like Harry Potter level humour, which usually isn't that great. No, genuinely barely laughs. Yeah, quite a few times through this movie. His uh, again because it's not it's not the Harry perspective of a muggle going to the Wisdom World. It's the Wisdom World accepting a muggle. There's an opportunity for just all new discoveries and ways of reacting to things. And just every single one is golden. I don't think there's anything... Even when he's fully acquainted, it's it's the sort of... Um, the tentative uneasiness with which he approaches everything that's genuinely mm-hmm. quite entertaining to watch. The Giggle Juice, especially. Yes, I love that. That was, that was a <laughs> wonderful scene. Uh, I, it was a little bit of, of what I deemed in my own head as Herbie Syndrome, where he was all too readily accepting of the weird things that were happening to him. Yeah. You know, as in the Herbie movies where the car starts talking and no one screams or tries to set it on fire, they instead decide to race it. It's always annoys me about those type of movies. Like, come on, Lindsay Lohan, that's that's a that's a demon spawn car, okay? Let's face it, it's not the weirdest thing Lindsay Lohan's seen in her life. <laughs> really, is it? Probably not she uses Herbie every single day. It's like um, another talking car. <laughs> you gotta pretend like it's talking oh yes. Pretend. <laughs> Pretend. Um, yeah, so easily the best character in this movie. Easily, easily the highlight of the movie, I'd say. Um, Colin Farrell. Yeah. As I, I don't know if it's too much of a spoiler. You kind of get the hint from the trailers that he's a he's the villain of the piece. Yeah, I'd say. Well, that's... I'd say he's the the human fronted side of the of the of the well, antagonist, not villainy. Yeah. Um, he plays um, Percival Graves, who's you. kind of an. Uh, he kind of he is an aura for he's the American like the head aura isn't he That's yeah he's like in charge of things yeah um, and he's chasing after uh, an animal or a beast that's been attacking uh, New York prior to um, Newt actually arriving in New York he's yeah. on the tail of it but of course when Newt gets there he kind of gets blamed for it and that's where the mishaps start um, I think Colin did okay I thought he was fine. Yeah. I, I just I don't have anything specifically good or bad to say about him. The fact that he did his role competently, I think, is is you know, is what's the word? Compliment enough, I guess. He was in he was in a very weird subplot with um, Ezra Mirror. Yeah, Miller, yeah, because because everybody everybody needs a bit of a, a bit of mummy's boy um, submissive ball cut flash in their life. Yeah. For reasons. Uh, that... It bugged me to fuck. That right. I could not remember what Ezra Miller's name was. I'm like, I know you. I've seen you in things. <laughs> you, your face is familiar for good reason. And then it took till the end of the movie. I was walking down the stairs of the other. I'm like, it's the fucking Flash. That's it's who it the is. the Flash, yeah. exactly. He, he was... He does odd very well. He does. He'd be a hell of a young um, Severus Snape. That would be interesting. Hell of a young Severus Snape. It's a shame um, they've already spunked the load with doing him as, uh, what was his name, like Credence or something like that? Yeah, Credence Barebone. <laughs> Fine. Well, um, okay. And, and, and it's kind of... Right, I think I'm going to have to take that pin out of the border we put in and then discuss my main problem with this movie. Yeah. Up until, I'd say, the final third, didn't really feel like there was a plot. Yeah. It didn't really feel like there was a... a, a Thrust to know. the story. The, the, I actually much more enjoyed the plot thread that was in the middle of the movie that he's kind of forgotten about as soon as the heel turn with, oh, Graves is the bad guy happens, which, you know, is pretty obvious from the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, which i got to say, having this little plot in a movie this long is a bad thing. Now, admittedly, um, because I was... Hum- I was 
pent up on caffeine from energy drinks to survive the convention and all sorts of meds and pills to try and combat the cough. I'm not going to lie, during that movie, I, could, I couldn't tell you how long that was because every second felt like an hour. My heart was beating, I could physically feel it, I could actually taste my own breath. Basically, I discovered what it was like to chew five gum. So, during, <laughs> the, during that time, well, I, I cannot tell you how long that movie was, but it felt like it was a decade long. It was, it was glacial at points. It, it, it what it did at some points I felt myself losing focus and I thought this this is a long movie we're in for a slog now and I think a thrust of a movie a thrust of a plot even would have helped that but it just felt like capers you know what I mean in, yeah. that, in that kind of loose some stuff is happening and, and, and Newt's here to do something and we're getting the creatures because the creatures got the, 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 the point of the whole movie was kind of missing up until the end, and even then, there wasn't really, you know, a real. It felt like that f- the the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, yeah, where it was like this is all very well and good, but it doesn't feel like this is important in any way. It's kind of like, like the, the the word that you because they've made it so big in the actual logo of the movie is beasts, and that's the why you're here. So look at them beasts, look at them, they're gonna do something, and then the rest is just like everybody prat falling around them. It's it's a bit weird. It's almost like it's based on a book that had no plot. And, and but he, but J.K. wrote this and she wrote this. Wrote J.K. This. wrote this and she she's probably good didn't. At this. Sorry, with her millions, but she's good at this stuff. Yeah, no, she, she wrote the screenplay, which might actually be the downfall mm-hmm. because she's a novelist. The, yeah, and this movie, much like the books, I would say, is full of a lot of unnecessary filler material. No, 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 no. I, I, I think there's a lot of she juggles a lot of plots very well in those books. I think that's probably her biggest strength for writing. Other than characters, she's very good at characters and, and, and descriptions. I think plotting was a very strong aspect of her. I just don't know if it's really translated well. Dialogue was fine, and again, the comedy was good, but it just I, it needed that kind of thrust of like, right, here's what we're doing, and here's why we're doing it, to really help you get through that movie. I get that you. was my my big problem. Um, I've just discovered, by the way, whilst I was looking down this list, uh, well, John Voight's in this movie. However, yeah, far as away the he was. the, the... The forgot the father of the guy who was campaigning to be president or something mm-hmm. like that. I was like, oh, John Voight, okay, cool. Um, the girl who played Angel in X Men First Class, Zoe Kravitz, um, is Lita Lestrange. That's who, that's her. Um, who is shown in an image um, in in the briefcase of um, Newt's commander. Is we'll that t- is that a spoiler? We won't say why she's in there. I just I'm just noticing this on the cast list. Just okay. I need to get to Ron Perlman was in this movie. Oh, was he the uh, yeah the the elf in the bar? Yes, he was. Seen yeah. in the trailer, that was Ron Perlman. And now I think about it, I was like, I really should have clocked that, that was Ron Perlman quicker. Uh, right, well, let's talk about the most important thing, as you pointed out on the poster. We're all there for the beasts. We are there for the beasts. I think they held up. I think they did as well. I think effects wise, and acting around things that aren't there was surprisingly kind of excellent. Mm-hmm. Especially Eddie Redmayne, who appears to have chemistry with things that aren't real, which is very hard to do. I felt like when he was talking to the Niffler and mm-hmm. everything else that I can't remember oh, the names the of. Niffler. I love the Niffler, by the way. The Niffler was great for uh, some comedy capers. Absolutely adored that thing. That thing is going to shift merchandise. It's oh, huge. like you would not believe. Yeah, um, yeah. He was the yeah the, the kind of slapstick that Dobby never was. Yeah, um, <laughs> mainly because he doesn't open his fucking mouth and the whole thing. Yeah, it's really great. Good. But but like. Because, and I would say even, um, I can't remember the actor's name, so I'll just call him by his character, Kowalski had mm-hmm. surprising chemistry with 
CGI creatures. Yeah. Which is, CGI creatures have never been Harry Potter's strong suit. I don't know. I think they actually did quite, when we were going through the week, we liked the dragon, we liked the basilics, we liked, um, we liked Buckbeak, we liked, whatever animals are in there. We liked the Threstles, we liked the Dementors. More importantly, did we get justice for the name of that beast that you keep asking for justice for? I could have set that up better, I'm not going to lie, Darren. Justice for Blast Ended That's the one. No, we didn't. Uh, maybe that's going to come. Justice for Blast Ended Um No, I think, yeah, CGI-wise, they held up, looked great. Um, I think Eddie Redmayne, there was a bit near the end when he's talking to the beast he lets out of the suitcase last. Yeah, that one. That one. Where I don't know if he was trying to play up the awkwardness, but he was like clearly not looking where the bird's head was. He was yeah. just like doing some like, oh, oh, hello, there you are. Um, but no, for the most part, I like it. There, there's when they go into the suitcase. It's not much of a spoiler. There's kind of an ecosystem in the suitcase. That's my favourite scene. Yes, by easily. far. And and it's he's set up like a mini ecosystem in that suitcase to accommodate all of these different beasts. Um, and yet the Niffler was definitely the highlight. Yeah, uh, and we get to see a few more running around there. Um, like the big rhino thing with the with the shooty lava horn that's really horny, like really just wants hey. to have sex with <laughs> horny wants to have sex with everything, especially um, Kowalski. Yeah, especially Kowalski, mad hot for Kowalski. Um, why we didn't get to see that scene, I don't know. That would have been fun. That would have been a magical scene for everybody. <laughs> um, we had the blue snake things. So we need to talk about near the end. Yeah, you know, yeah. Question that mark. plot thread basically. Yeah. Um, and we also met the Obscurus whilst he was down there. Now, this is the... Um, in fact, we're going to have to wait until the spoilers until we talk about the Obscurus. Yeah, I guess we it's are. It's bad, everybody. It's, it's bad. A, that nobody nobody enjoys the Obscurus. You know what? I think we're pretty much done with all the stuff we can talk about without spoiling anything. I guess we are. We, I think we both give it a, a hearty recommendation. I think if you're a fan of Harry Potter, you're really going to like it. Definitely. It's definitely in keeping with that universe. It doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel tonally wrong, look wrong. It very much fits in nicely. I, I think if you're not as overly analytical as we are, mm. and having sat through these eight movies so recently, yes. you can't help but become overly analytical. Mm-hmm. I think if you're just a somebody who just likes to be taken, like whisked away on an adventure during a movie, certainly the middle bit for me gets the highest thumbs up you can possibly get. It's got some of my favourite characters this year, mainly Kowalski, not going to lie. God damn. Got such a good performance. It's... It, it's so understated in its brilliance. It, I feel like people will overlook it, and yeah. I don't no. want that to be... He's, he's so good. Has to be back for the sequel. Has to be. Has to be back for the sequel. I, I, I will lose 50% of my interest in that sequel if he's not back. Yeah. Quite simply put. I agree. Um, yeah, I, hard recommendation. Do go ahead and see it. It's probably not the best movie I've seen all year. Oh, no. no. But I... Well, listen, when I come to the Harry Potter table, I usually have a lot of strong dislikes. I had none here. That's true. Other than it did feel a bit long, and it is a little unfocused with with the lack of plot and things. But characters, the beast, the things you're there for, I'd say were pretty good. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a mid-table Harry Potter movie. Spoiler alert! Thank you for doing that. You're very welcome. Oh, sorry, you are. It is that was rather late, wasn't it, Michael? No, I mean more so that like I couldn't do it. Oh, no. I, I know it's your thing, but it still. is my thing. Have a go, Michael. Uh, no. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so, what, what to spoil first? Uh, the beasts. Okay. I, I need to talk about the blue snake thing. Yeah. What's a cool idea? Yeah, I like the idea of a winged dragon snake. Yeah, that can expand to fit any space. But then you're like, 
Okay, well, question number one, why didn't it immediately expand to the size of um, Newt's suitcase? Because it's clearly an enclosed environment. Yeah. B, if you're going to fit to grow to fit the available space, then why doesn't it grow infinitely when out in the open? That's true. You know what I mean? And um, why didn't it need a teapot? Why couldn't it just gone into a bucket or anything else that can contain things? And D, why didn't he close the spout? Oh, yeah, he could have got at the spout. Now, that bothered me more than it probably should have, but it's a glaring plot hole that he has a way to escape his confinement. Yeah. Uh, so, the fuck, basically. It was odd, but I think I forgave it just because it was a cool lo- It was a cool idea. And and all the beasts really had cool ideas, especially the Thunderbird. Oh, yeah. Oh, Zapdos is real. Yeah, I know, right? And it was cool as fuck. Battery Jesus. That's... <laughs> That's the real reason he's in New York. It's it's revealed that he's not there to buy a pink puffer or whatever the hell he's getting. He's there to release a Thunderbird that was chained up in um, Egypt. He's an he's a environmental activist. Cool. Um, basically, we watched Peter, the magical movie, uh, which was fine. Um, I think uh, the the Obscurus, yeah. as a way of kind of giving us a final battle, was a good idea. I I didn't see it coming. So obviously they, they set the the plot up that um the the you know the new Salem people trying to take out the witches and wizards they um you think it's one of their daughters because that's who Colin Farrell keeps asking about yeah and he thinks Ezra Mirrors is a squib and he's a useless person he wants a daughter because he knows an obscure is doing all these things it's a dark entity conjured up when a witch or wizard suppresses their magic cool idea. I I you know previously you mentioned in Harry Potter you'd think someone would have mentioned it but. A cool idea, cool visual effect. Um, turns out it's Ezra Miller, and then he essentially just turns into this thing because he can control it. Because he usually kills people after a certain amount of time, and then he just wreaks havoc. That final scene fighting against the big black cloud monster was very good. I didn't like it. Did you not? It's another big smoke monster of which we have too many in movies these days. Admittedly, but I, I think because they they bothered to give it character beforehand. I mean, the problem with like the big gas monsters usually they just you know they're there to look cool, or in Green Lantern's case, just look not cool, <laughs> just look, um, just appear, just appear. I I think because they've taken the time and done a good switch and caught me out on that uh, front, I liked what they were doing with it, uh, and and I thought it led for a very, uh, a very especially when it's when it's um, Colin Farrell and Newt Scamander trying to fight it, but if what well, Newt's not trying to fight it, he's trying to you know help it. And and Graves is trying to to get it to unleash it into the world for things we'll find out in a second. Yeah, um, I, I liked it. It led to a different type of finale than what we usually get with Harry Potter. I kind of felt like it it, it was a bit too not forced but contrived because you know we're franchise building now. So the first movie has to have an utterly disposable thing to deal with first that could possibly crop up later, but isn't that essential? And a non-essential third act. Does not a good movie make? But I think that I think that was the only plot they really had was fighting Subscurus. So I don't know whether I'm just I'm just grasping at straws and I was like, well, a plot finally turned up. I'll have to take it, and I'm happy about that. I guess that might be that, something. That might be what it is. I'm just so happy that someone finally gave me like here is something to pay attention to. It's very muddled that subplot, but it, it got me there eventually. And I like that it was a shade of grey. Harry Potter usually comes down to black versus white. There's very rarely. You know, um, you could probably say that um, um, Sirius was a shade of grey, um, Snape was a shade of grey, well, but Sirius was a shade of black. What? But usually it comes down to Voldemort, 
undeniably evil versus Harry undeniably good. Yeah. Whereas this one, Ezra Miller kind of giving that tortured performance did make you feel sympathy for the terrifying big smoke monster. Yeah, and at the same time, Newt isn't exactly playing by any sort of rule book. No. He's smuggling illegal, well, illegal at the time, creatures into a foreign country. He's kind of trafficking, in in a sense, for a good reason, and he's clearly a a very likeable and compassionate character, but he's mm-hmm. not exactly, you know, on the right side of the law in this movie. In fact, yes. a lot of the movie deals with him being on the wrong side of the law. Yeah, they're right to slap all those injunctions on him. I know they've been a bit of a prick about it, but they are right. He has got things that can cause a lot of damage and, and chaos in a briefcase that can't even lock itself properly. Yeah. So, you know, put a lock round it, just... just you know, padlock and a big chain. That'll help. One thing I forgot, and and I'm glad we're doing this in spoiler territory just in case, because I didn't want this to colour the review of, of the movie, because I think it's quite yes. good. But the whole very uncomfortable analogy that the Salem witch trials were kind of like... Um, kind of like a KKK style thing against wizards was a bit much that that scene I was I was like we're getting into uncomfortable territory here let's roll it back this is a movie about magic I don't know about that I like that really I think it served a very good in in terms of setting up Grindelwald we know the cat's out of the bag with past the spoilers oh my god Grindelwald's here Grindelwald's here and he's Johnny Depp and he's Johnny Depp <laughs> which is a bit weird who was cast prior to his real life heel turn, but now <laughs> we're ready for Johnny Depp to play the villain. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I like that again. I, I, I should have seen it coming as he and Graves had the exact same hair, just different colours. Yeah. But it was a genuine like, because I didn't. I Right, apparently, my girlfriend, who, by the way, I mentioned every Harry Potter movie, I'm not just doing that to show that I have a girlfriend, but I promise you. But <laughs> she pointed we had had this discussion about who should be young Dumbledore. By the way, it should always be Pierce Brosnan. Um, but don't laugh. Pierce, no, you're right. That's the thing. Should be Pierce Brosnan. Um, and and she apparently told me Johnny Depp is playing Grindelwald. I apparently didn't hear this, and I just glossed over it, and then was like, "Oh wow, he's Grindelwald!" I, you knew this a week ago, <laughs> did I? <laughs> I swerved myself. Good. Um, we'll talk. Or look at the copy's future arm. I was like, "Nice to meet you." Actually, we've met before. What? <laughs> the robot blows up. Um, just we'll, we'll save his reveal just for a second but I like that he his thing is we shouldn't be hiding he's basically Magneto we shouldn't be hiding yeah. we're the dominant force here we could kill them all we could rule them all why are we the ones in shadow I like that they then find a way of explaining that that's because Salem witch trolls the most dangerous creature on the planet earth a scared human being was wiping out witches and wizards left right and centre and that's why they decided to go underground I liked that. That was good, solid world building, and gave gave Grindelwald his kind of purpose, and he and he's kind of thrust to do what he does. You know what, Darren? Yes, Michael. I think you might have convinced me I've on that, that one. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Ha ha! I'm so proud of myself. Um, yeah, Rowling will be pleased. She will be. I'll get on the ring. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell her. And yeah. I, I know that we're all a bit funny about our opinions with Johnny Depp at the moment, <laughs> as, 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 a, as a human piece of shit, but... <laughs> um, oh, don't make me laugh. Sorry, don't sorry, buddy. sorry, I'll, I'll be boring. <laughs> but I, oh, I no. liked the reveal. I'm kind of sad that Colin Farrell couldn't have been Grindelwald. That might have been cool. No, that was a good actor. Yeah, Bullseye, Grindelwald, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and Never living there. Never at all. But um, I'm happy he's here. He, that can be a lot of fun going forward. Even in his brief 30 seconds on, on, on here, I was like, I could I could learn to enjoy this Grindelwald. 
Now, Darren, mm. um, because I'm not someone who's read the books, I have not. Oh, oh my God. As you, as you know. Now, am I right in assuming, according to several fan theories, mm. which of which JK has hinted of being true, yes. Grindelwald is, is the ex-lover of Dumbledore. Well, right, he was the man that Dumbledore was in love with. Oh, okay. I don't think they ever bumped uglies. Oh, but yeah. that he, when she revealed that he was gay, it was he, the things he was doing with Grindelwald and the reason why he ignored kind of the dark side of Grindelwald was because Dumbledore was in love with him. Okay. That's how they explain it away. So, so that's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Did you also notice... That when um, Colin Farrell, before the big reveal that he's Grindelwald, is is interrogating Newt, he mentions Albus Dumbledore. He does. He says, what makes a great was like Albus Dumbledore stick up for you? Yeah. This wasn't something that occurred to me until after the movie. And again, it was Rachel that pointed it out. She said, well, then we should have realised at that point. Because at that point, Dumbledore hadn't defeated Grindelwald. He was just the Transfiguration Professor. How the hell would an aura on the other side of the world know who Dumbledore was? Because it's Grindelwald. He'd met him already and knew he was a great wizard. Yeah. I was like, ah. That's, that's kind of Again, clever. JK's other strength of you know planting things to pay them off later in throwaway lines. And we are apparently getting young Dumbledore in the next movie. Pierce Brosnan. I'm putting it out there right now. We also went, we looked at, we looked at Damien Lewis and we looked at Simon Pegg, which was another good idea. Yeah. But I think, you know, Simon Pegg with a big old white beard would be cool. But no, Pierce Brosnan, he needs to work more. He needs to work. Well, that's your concern. Yes, it is. You need Bond to work more. I need the greatest Bond who's ever lived to work more. Yes, Michael. <laughs> so, Pierce Brosnan should be young. Uh, Albus Dumbledore, that would be wonderful. Um, he's ten years older than Johnny Depp. I don't even put the makeup on. It's fine. Really? Yeah. Brosnan's older than Depp. He's in his 60s. Oh, my God. I know, I know. I know. Wow, he's looking good. Okay, of course he is. He's Pierce Brosnan. That's true. Uh, right. I, right now, 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 we come to the end. And they've got to basically do a Men in Black thing and everyone's got to forget about what just happened. Yeah, that was annoying. And they used the forgetful rain. <laughs> now, it was, it was planted <laughs> early on. You know, he had that all, all I can think of now is just like, it's in my head now, it's an album cover of Prince standing next to an empty spot where a bike should have been, forgetful rain. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. Sorry to derail this. Go it's ahead. Okay, it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> sure, I parked it here. <laughs> But they, they can't miss it. This is purple. what it feels like <laughs> when thunderbirds cry. Excellent. So, so they did plant this early on in very much a like you know Deus Ex like oh the, this is forgetful juice. Oh, don't need that now. Put it in this drawer. Look at this thing that I can shoot. Okay, yo yo. Hello. Um, so so ooh, distraction. Da, 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 da. It's in three D, guys. It's in three D. Play me off, Johnny. Do, do, do. <laughs> and then they come back at the end. He gives it to the Thunderbird, and the Thunderbird goes up into the sky and releases this forgetful juice all <laughs> upon the human beings. Phrasing. And then you see the wizards in a rather nice scene rebuilding New York, so that we can all forget about this. That was kind of cool. Again, several plot holes, though, Michael. Yeah, the plot holes. For one, can't help but noticing that the guys who did the editing on this movie probably watched Doctor Strange last week. Yeah. But there we go. Yes, very much so. But, right. These all just came, like, rushing to the front of my brain right at the start. Um, why didn't the Rain make the wizards forget about things? The wizards are just walking around with their hats on, rebuilding they were the world. Doing that thing where they can project an umbrella. I didn't see that. Oh. 
I thought they were just because they were busy rebuilding things. I presume they were just getting they had hats on and that was enough. Um, <laughs> they had hats. I was like, well, if that's the case, then what about the human beings with hats and umbrellas? <laughs> Can't wait for the uh, for the last movie. This in this uh, what was it? It's five, so five. it's a pentilogy or something like oh, that. God. It's Grindelwald with a big fuck off bowler tank. Ha ha ha! this coming. Um, <laughs> what about people who went indoors? Yeah, that's not explained. They would have seen the obscures tear stuff up, or they would have seen the biggest large vault. This is a danger situation. I'm going to go in my house. The one they show is that everyone's having dinner and facing the wrong way from the window. And yes. like, this is too convenient. Yes, I know. Stop it. Um, won't the orphans wonder why their mum's dead? <laughs> that's a good point. Won't John Voigt wonder, where did my son go? <laughs> <laughs> their senator is dead. Wasn't he running for, like, wasn't my son running for president? Do yeah. I have a son? <laughs> so that guy, he's going to wonder where he's gone. Uh, so you've just basically made a lot more orphans and now have to go live on the street. Well done, JK, for your happy ending. Um, how long is the effect of the rain? They don't know. It's untested. Does it last five minutes? Does it wipe a month? Will they all be newborn infants scratching around not knowing what to do? Is it permanent? And I think we get our answer at the end of the movie when um, um, Queenie goes to Kowalski's baby shop that Newt gives him the money for with the silvery eggs from the blue dragon things. Which, immediate happy ending, <laughs> awesome. I was like, yeah, he's got his bakery, fantastic. But yeah, that, that scene's great. That gives me hope he's coming back. Yeah. Because he looks at, Queenie comes into the shop and, he's, and they're looking at each other and he kind of gets this like, knowing, like, like almost like deja vu, like, huh? Yeah, I, I, I read it as more of like, it's a beautiful moment because he's having the exact same reaction to the first time he saw her. So he's meeting her for the first time again, but the smile suggests that he knows her. It's destiny, Michael. Ah, uh, it is your destiny, destiny. <laughs> Just give me a, a Queenie and Kowalski movie. I'll be happy. Hell, God, God, yes, hell yes, I'm up <laughs> for that business. I oh, he has to come back. He's got to. He he's the MVP of this movie. Like you would not believe, he has to. I know, I know. It's going to be hard to you know. Keep a muggle indoctrinated into this world if the Ministry of Magic's laid out that no muggle can know about us. But if he marries a witch, yeah, and and has some some magical babies, they're okay with the Weas- with the Dursleys knowing about it. So That's true. so you know, I need him to come back because he was more interested than even Newt. I am looking forward to sequels. I think they've laid the groundwork for this. It does lend itself to to more movies. I don't know whether it's going to become more Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Yeah. Because that's really going to be your big clash. It's kind of hard to see how Newt's going to fit into this. That's I think that's one of the main criticisms that I forgot to mention earlier was Newt just kind of shows up and ha- and things happen around him. Yeah. Again, to go back to the Stranger Tides analogy, he's very much Johnny Depp in that. Uh, he's very much Jack Sparrow in that. <laughs> in that th- Jack Sparrow is not integral to that plot whatsoever. In fact, even better, he's basically Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. That movie would go on exactly in the same way and all of their faces would get burned off if Indiana Jones was never there. And as Big Bang point, p- pointed out, in fact, he probably would have got the Ark of the Covenant to Berlin and opened it in front of Hitler and solved everyone a lot of bother. So, you know... Um... <laughs> so we're not, what we're saying is Harrison Ford is a Nazi. Bye, everybody! Bye, Bye. everybody! Um, yes, please do go watch this movie. I like it. I'm looking forward to a sequel. It's going to be hard to... Yeah, exactly. It's hard to know how Newt's going to fit into this bigger... Uh, I'd rather be watching Dumbledore fight um, yeah. um, uh, uh, Grindelwald, but there we go. Also, I'm not sure what the you know the the sequel title is going to be because obviously it was Harry Potter and so now is it Fantastic Beasts and so it's like 
Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Fantastic Beasts and I've Lost Them Again, Fantastic Beasts and I Only Just Put Them Down Right Now, Fantastic Beasts Have You Checked Behind the Sofa, and Fantastic Beasts I Was Sitting On Them The Whole Time. No, Michael, come on, it's going to be two Fantastic Two Beasts. <laughs> and it's going to be Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts Beast 3, Hogsmeade Drift. <laughs> Hogsmeade Drift, oh no. You know it's going to happen, Michael. Um, yes, do go watch this movie. Uh, put it away, Michael. Okay, so you can go to Twitter and follow me personally at that Mike Owen. But of course, you can go to fansentainment.com for more from the 30 Days of Stuff, which this will be releasing uh, probably towards the end of, actually. Uh, that's a new piece of content every day in the month of November. And you can go to Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and Minds. And I think we're actually starting on a new blogging platform, which I will get back to you on. Um, we're on there under the username FowlENT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Darren. Michael, we have been building up to the release of Pokemon Sun and Moon for nigh on six months now. Oh, God, yeah, we have been doing that. And at the time of recording, in three days' time, it gets to us. So in the coming weeks, you want us to keep everything locked on our social media channels because we will be bringing forward a review of Pokemon Sun and Moon. If you want to hear our personal opinions in the meantime, follow Mike, follow me at the Guttridge on Twitter. Um, we will bring that podcast to you ASAP. If you like this review and want to listen to more of our thoughts on Harry Potter, as you may have heard, we reviewed every single Harry Potter movie there is um, in um, the previous Harry Potter week. Every single day we release a new podcast, half an hour each on each of the Harry Potter movies. Really good listen. Thanks to everybody that came to listen to that and left us comments and feedback and all that good stuff. Uh, sorry we got sweary at the end. A little bit of inside baseball for you here. We recorded... Um, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban 2, Deathly House Part 2, in one sitting. Yeah. we were. There's a lot of sugar and caffeine going on near the end, so apologies for the high swearing. Um, but, <laughs> sugar, but caffeine and pizza for me. I know, we were off our tits, essentially, so apologies for that. But we do hope you enjoyed it. If you do, let us know, give us some feedback. Uh, yeah, and we'll see you all very soon. Um, we've only got one more movie to go this year, Michael. Oh, my and God. it's the big fucker. Oh, yeah. It's Star Rogue One. Yeah, boy. It's going to be so good. And when that comes in, we will have that review for you ASAP. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. And we'll see you next week. Hashtag Pierce for Dumbledore. Bye. Bye.